0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for this All Saints Sunday is going to be taken from the reading in the book of Revelation. You may be seated. We begin today with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, what a great joy it is to be gathered here in your presence, to hear your word and to come around your throne in the sacrament. We thank you, Lord, that you have joined us together and united us with all the saints who have gone before us. And we pray now, Lord, that as we learn from their example of faith, we would also rejoice that as their sins were forgiven, so are ours. And so keep our hearts and minds fixed on your son, Jesus Christ. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I have recently taken up a new hobby. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to bake because, you see, there's something about me you must know. I love cake. And if I can make my own cake, that's that's an incredible thing, and I really enjoy doing it. But here's what I'm learning uh, about baking, Uh, is, is that as long, I'm pretty good at it, so long as I've only got five ingredients and very, very, very detailed instructions. Now, once we move beyond five ingredients and the instructions get more and more detailed, it's not so great. There's a lot of grumbling, there's a lot of unpastoral things said, and ultimately at the end, the cake comes out uh, completely burnt, and yet also undercooked, which I didn't know you could do, uh, but is actually a thing, and I'm very good at doing that, burnt and undercooked. However, so long as I've got very few ingredients and very detailed instructions, I can make a pretty decent cake. But it struck me this week, as we're coming into All Saints Sunday, when we talk about what it is to make, uh, what it takes to make a saint In the church, very often we think about it like baking a cake. We think in order to become a saint in the church of God, there's a number of ingredients that we need to put together, and if we bake them the right way, and we we leave them in the oven for the right amount of time, and we work all these things out, you can make for yourself a pretty good saint. So the question I have for you today is, what ingredients do you think that it takes to make a saint? Now I think there's sort of two cookbooks we could look at here to try and figure out what it takes to make a saint The first cookbook we'll look at is the one we will call the book of the law And according to the law there are a number of ingredients and very detailed instructions We must follow if we are going to make for ourselves a saint The law would say this that if you want to make yourself into a saint The first ingredient you need is a life utterly and completely devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ you need to take your heart and dedicate it to Him wholly and completely. You need, second ingredient, to live a life according to the laws of love laid out for you in the Scriptures. And the Scriptures, there are your instructions. You follow those rules to a T, and then you are on your way to making a saint. Further, you must do works that are sort of above and beyond the call of duty. Everybody in this world is trying to do their best, but if you want to be a saint, you've got to go beyond everyone else, and you've got to do what's exceptional in this world. If you know anything about the Roman Catholic system, they will suggest to you that not only do you have to do works above and beyond the call of duty, you need to perform miracles if you're going to be considered a saint. So you might want to throw miracles in there, you know, for a little bit of flavoring. That's very helpful. And then after this, you uh, You die. Death is a rather important ingredient in many systems in order to become a saint and after you have died Then in in that system what the church will do is they'll run through your life They'll examine your miracles and they'll try and figure out whether or not you are worthy to be called a saint And then they will vote you in I guess And so there you have it. Those are your ingredients and there are your instructions Devotion to jesus good works uh, Miracles that don't hurt uh, and death of course. Oh And a vote of confidence from the church You mix that stuff together the right way. You follow the very detailed instructions that are uh, laid out for you. You follow them to a T, and there you can then make yourself into a saint. That's how you become a saint, according to the law. But here's what I would suggest to you today. If you try and achieve sainthood that way, you're going to end up both burnt and undercooked. And I'll let you figure out what that metaphor means later on. Uh, uh, But what's going to end up here is you're not going to achieve sainthood. Sainthood. It's going to be a constant uh, uh, frustration and battle because as much as you try and do good and you try and do the right thing and you try and perform miracles, it doesn't seem to happen because we're all far too sinful for this. We don't see uh, this taking place in our lives and our sin keeps getting in our face. So sainthood, according to the law, is not going to make a very good saint. But as we come to the scriptures today and we come to our reading from the book of Revelation, we find uh, that Christ gives us another way To become a saint and this is not the way of the law. We would say that this is the way of the gospel That according to the gospel There is an entirely other set of ingredients and things that are needed for you to become a saint And really here according to the gospel There's really only one primary ingredient that you need in order to become a saint in the kingdom of God And not to sound too shocking with all this, but that primary ingredient is is death You you need to have death In order to become a saint however unlike in the other system of the law in order to become a saint it's not your death that is primary here it is the death of somebody else it's not your good works it's not your holiness it's not your miracles it's not a a vote from the church that makes you a saint no what makes you a saint in the kingdom of god is the death of jesus christ for you and it is his blood washing you clean that sanctifies you, that purifies you, that makes you holy, that sets you apart as a saint. Sainthood, according to the gospel, is not defined legally, and it's not defined morally, it's defined graciously. That is to say, to be a saint, God has graciously chosen you. He has set you apart to be his holy child. Now, our sin is a reality, and we are far too sinful to receive this choice from God, and that is why God has decided to do something about our sin in sending to us Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, whose death is necessary to make you a saint. For it's his death that sanctifies you, that saints you. And I love the imagery we have from that reading in Revelation today. If you've ever tried to read through Revelation, you know it is a very, a very symbolic book. Everything going on in that book, the, the images all have meaning and purpose behind them. And one of the beautiful images we have today is what Jim was talking about in the children's message, it is all of these saints gathered around the throne of Christ, the throne of the Lamb, and they are clothed in white robes. And we all know that white represents purity, white represents holiness, white represents uh, sanctity, something like this. But what is it that washed these robes for these sinners? What is it that cleansed them from their sin? Was it their purity, their good works, their righteousness? No. Listen to this. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Christ washed them clean. The blood of Christ cleansed them from their sins. So that all who have had this death died for them and who have received it by faith These are the saints in the kingdom of god. It is this death of jesus that is necessary to make you a saint But then the question inevitably will arise. How do I know that the death was died for me? How do I know that my robes will be the ones that are washed in the blood of the lamb? How do I know that I am actually a saint in this kingdom and that this promise is my promise? Well, the same ingredient applies death in order for you to be a saint in order for this to be applied to you you personally where you sit now must have died and i'm happy to tell you as strange as this sounds jesus has done that for you he has come to you and he has brought you into his death he has crucified you with himself so that he might raise you up to a new life as his saint but before that rising must happen you must die Let me say this a little more biblically just to make it a little more confusing. Not only must you die in order to be a saint, the good news for you today is it's already happened to you. You have already died. Listen to what St. Paul says to the Colossians. You have died, past tense, and your life is hidden in Christ. You have already died with Christ Jesus. Now that is an odd thing to say, because I know what you're thinking right now. I don't feel very dead. Uh, What's the the Monty Python line? I'm not dead yet. See, this is what you're thinking uh, right now. Uh, And you might be thinking, I'm not dead yet, but if this sermon keeps going this way, I'm not sure I'm making it out alive. Uh, But you see, this is kind of the thing. What do we do with this strange talk? Well, we need to understand this from the perspective of the scriptures, that all of us are born sinful and unclean, and that sinful nature inside of us needs to die. And so this is precisely what Jesus Christ has done for you in the waters of your baptism. And a little handful of water that was poured on your head or if if you were immersed completely in the water, when that water came to you, Jesus Christ, the crucified one, showed up. And he crucified you with himself so that he might raise you to a new life. You were there crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you were baptized, you died. Christ raised you again. Uh, this morning, we are going to have a baptism in the, first, in the second service. A uh, little tiny girl, uh, Heidi Salaskar, is going to be baptized today, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be cute, and we're all going to laugh and smile and we'll rejoice with all the saints and all the angels, and it's going to be wonderful news for Heidi, but for her sinful nature, it's not going to be that cute because that sinful nature is going to drown and die. Jesus is going to take it with him into his death. She will be crucified with the crucified one. And you see, when it comes to crucifixion, no one escapes alive. It puts to death every time. But we know the Lord Jesus has overcome the grave and has risen again and now comes to us in our baptisms to put the sinful nature to death and to raise us again so that you are sanctified, you are sainted by grace, you are saved by grace apart from your works. To be sure you have been sanctified and saved for good works which christ has prepared in advance for you to do But the reality is this entire saintly life is given to you entirely as a gift of grace You who are baptized into christ jesus you have everything you need to be a saint in the kingdom of god for you have died And your life is now hidden with christ Christ who does not wait for you to dedicate your life to him, but has committed himself to you in your baptism. Christ who has done all the good works necessary on your behalf to save you. Christ who died your death and has now washed you in his blood. And Christ who miraculously rose from the dead to declare you righteous and to sanctify you, to make you a saint, holy and completely. The Lord Jesus Christ is not waiting for some church to come along and decide whether or not you are worthy to be called a saint according to some law-based recipe. He's already decided for you. He's already died for you. And he has already baptized you and made you his beloved saint. And this is why we rejoice today. This is what we are celebrating today on All Saints Day. After this, we're going to sing a few more verses from For All the Saints. And then we're going to read the names of those who have died in the faith, the saints in the kingdom of God. And as we remember their names, we're not just remembering this perfect life that was lived according to everything God laid out for them. But rather, we're remembering sinners who were saved by grace. We're remembering those Christ chose to save according to His will and has washed in His blood. It's very poignant for myself and my family today Uh, as my wife's grandfather uh, yesterday went to rest with the Lord, you know? And so we come here today and we remember the saints, and this man was a saint. He is one who's passed down the legacy of his faith. Now, he's not perfect according to anyone's standards. In fact, some of his best stories are are reasons why we know he's not a perfect holy person according to that. Uh, But Jesus loved him. Jesus died for him. Jesus baptized him and brought him into his kingdom so that whether he lives or he dies, he belongs to the Lord. And that is what we rejoice today over with all the names we will read during our service today. That these are people who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and he made them saints in his kingdom, both in this life and for eternity. And now you, you dear baptized, beloved, blood-bought saints in the kingdom of God, You will join them today as you come to this altar and you gather around the same throne of the Lamb and you join all of us, both living and dead, who have had our robes washed in the blood of Christ and we will take and eat the body and we will take and drink the blood that washes us clean and together we will rejoice. For the Lamb who is in our midst is our shepherd and he will guide you to springs of living water. And on that last day, he will wipe, your, uh, wipe the tears from your eyes and from the eyes of all the saints. Amen.